0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. That's right. During the season, this has kind of turned into our last-ditch pregame podcast for the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com podcasting network. We have been rotating the duties. It is my turn this week as the Steelers prepare for the San Francisco 49ers in Week 3 in Santa Clara, California. And next week, you'll have Lance Williams on the Steelers Burning Question. And i got to be honest. If you looked at the title of this podcast, if you saw the title of this show, you should know anything about me. It's that I didn't want to talk about this. Um, This is something that Lance Williams, who I don't know if he's listening in or not, uh, he sent me a text this morning and said, you've got to do this podcast. He said, I know you're not going to talk the entire podcast about it, but you've got to headline this podcast with just what it is. Will Antonio Brown ever play football in the National Football League again? That is the burning question this week. And like I said, that's a la Lance Williams. Uh, for me, this is tough. Uh, not only do I not want to talk about Antonio Brown, but there's a lot of layers to this story. Um, I, I, I don't, it's tough to say what's going to happen to him based on the fact that right now he's currently unemployed. And so a lot of people are saying, you know, hey, what the, why isn't he on the exempt list and why doesn't he get fined or why doesn't he get suspended? Well, they can't because he's currently unemployed. And so this is going to really play a role into his availability this season. So in other words, if an NFL team, let's just say the Washington Redskins, and I have no info, inside information here. Um, I, I just say that this is just a name I just drew out of the hat. And it's a it's a team that I could see taking the risk. Let's say the Washington Redskins say, you know what? We're going to sign Antonio Brown. Now, once they sign him to a contract, the NFL can then step in and the commissioner can say, you're on the exempt list. You will get paid, but you're not going to be able to dress. You're not going to be able to play, not going to practice, not going to be at the facility until we get your off the field stuff straight. This is why, personally, I don't think anyone is going to sign him until the off the field stuff gets straight period. Uh, I just don't think that, you know, any team is willing to pay him any amount of money to not be able to play. I think it's a foregone conclusion that whenever he does sign, that he will go on the exempt list and that he will be forced to sit out until all the transgressions that are now being filed against him. And they're all accusations at this point. Um, until they're all dissolved and and figured out and and whatever have you right now you're entering week three of the NFL. You're entering week three, of the NFL regular season. And there's a lot of people that suggest, and I agree with them that right now, unless you have a ton of injuries at wide receiver, do you really want to bring in someone like this? Do you really want to bring in someone that could be a, not only a hazard in terms of their availability, but also a hazard to the way that they handle things. Uh, I did find it, interesting, and I predicted this, that when he signed with the New England Patriots, if you check out his Twitter feed, he retweeted that the Patriots when the Patriots said that they officially signed him. And then he didn't tweet anything until he was actually released. So everyone said that there's no way he could do it. Well, it looks like he kind of did in terms of staying off social media. The problem is, is that he was unable to stay out of the public eye and the public scrutiny. Uh, you have to ask yourself, will he follow the path of, say, a Des Bryant, who once they kind of are out there and they're always going to be talked about, um, you know, it's just, do you want to bring in that type of player? He's 31 years old. He's definitely someone that is talented. But with that comes a lot of baggage, a lot of baggage. And let me just say here for a moment, That I absolutely want to give props to Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin, you know, you know that he's dealt with this stuff for a long time with Antonio Brown. This wasn't just a, oh, Antonio Brown's acting a fool the last year that he's in Pittsburgh. No, no. He's been a fool for a long time in Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin was able to manage it. I'm not saying he was able to fix it. I'm not saying he was able to cure it of all his ills. He was basically able to manage it, and I think that deserves some credit because there's a lot of coaches, one in Oakland, that couldn't manage it. So I think that it's pretty incredible to give Mike Tomlin. I think it's pretty easy to do, too, to give Mike Tomlin a little bit of credit in this situation and say, you know what, he's dealt with this guy for a long time, and he at least kept things under lock and key. Whether they knew about this stuff, we, we will probably never know unless it goes to court and then we deal with all that stuff. But other than that, I think it's a, a, an issue, a situation where I can... I'm trying to think to myself, and those that are watching live in the live chat, if you've if, trying to remember if anyone has had such a fall from grace before in the National Football League. We're talking about a guy that was on the path to a Hall of Fame career in the last five years. He had set numbers as a wide receiver that had never been seen before. Not Jerry Rice, not TO in his prime, no one. And his trajectory was still going up, even though he was on the wrong side of 30. And now this endorsement deals gone. When you see Pizza Hut commercials, who do you see? You see Juju Smith-Schuster. When you see uh, Madden uh, commercials, who do you see? You see Juju Smith-Schuster. I could go on. But Nike officially dropped Antonio Brown as an athlete, whereas Adidas is, Adidas and Oakley are clinging to Juju Smith-Schuster with every ounce that they can because he is a budding star in the National Football. He goes on and off the field. This has been a very precipitous fall for Antonio Brown, and I'm interested to see how he handles it, how his agent Drew Rosenhaus handles it. I have this sinking feeling. And we're gonna see him on television soon. I'm just <laughs> not saying I'm looking forward to it, not saying it's gonna be must-watch TV. I just have this feeling that Antonio Brown, due to his agent Drew Rosenhaus, is going to he's going to get in front of a camera just like he did on his way out of Pittsburgh, and he's going to try and give his side of the story. That's that's what I'm predicting. I don't think that'll work. But at the same time, that is what I think will happen as they try to try to patch up his image. because right now, everyone that's out there in terms of NFL teams that are potentially thinking about this, the one thing they have to think about is, if the Patriots can't get it straight, him straight, how can anyone else? The team that always boasts about the Patriot way. I used air quotes there if you're listening in podcast form. The Patriot way that's going to straighten out everybody, every single crooked arrow that ever comes to New England, is going to be on the straight and narrow. If New England can't do it, they're going to say, who can? It'll be interesting to see how it happens. But to answer the burning question, to answer the burning question, will Antonio Brown ever play football in the NFL again? Obviously, it depends on how these uh, accusations pan out in terms of, uh, is there a criminal sentence involved? Is he considered to be expunged from all charges or expunged from all accusations? Um, if let's assume that everything is expunged for, and he's not charged with anything, absolutely, he plays in the NFL again. Absolutely. As Lance has said on this show a million times, <laughs> Trump talent trumps everything. Talent trumps everything. It's the reason the Steelers put up with him for as long as they did. It's the reason why the Patriots went after him after he acted like a fool in Oakland to get out of there. It's the reason why the Oakland Raiders traded two draft picks to get him from Pittsburgh when he acted like a fool to get out of there. So, yes. There will be a football team if, giant if here, if he is expunged of everything, then absolutely there will be a team for uh, for Antonio Brown somewhere out there. I guarantee it. No doubt about it. It's just the way it is so if you want to chime in you can uh i don't want to spend a lot of time on this i like the steelers burning question to kind of be like your primer leading up to the game because you know some of you that are watching live on youtube you didn't know we had a youtube channel go to youtube.com search BTSE steelers radio subscribe and make sure that you turn your notifications on so that you know every single time we go live um i like this to be kind of like your primer getting ready for the game you know like asking those questions that you want to know like What are the Steelers going to do in this scenario? And what's your prediction and all that? Like, that's what I wanted this show to be. But we had to talk about Antonio Brown a little bit. So there you have it. Before we get into the questions and the Q&A aspect of this show, uh, we had someone ask the question about our – we're giving away tickets to the Monday Night Game of Week 4 against the Cincinnati Bengals at Heinz Field. Yes, we are giving away tickets for free. For free, folks. Yes, Uh, you don't do anything except for – Go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I will bump this article up, or Dave Schofield, who's in the live chat, will bump it up uh, so that it's up there as of now. And uh, you have to f- go into the article and get all the details about you know, everything you need to know. But what you have to do, you're going to have to email Dave Schofield a slogan for a T-shirt. Now, this slogan can be anything except it can't say Steelers. It can't have the hypocycloids altogether. Um, it can't have any first and last names of players because those are all trademarked, copyrighted, and licensed by the National Football League. So uh, if you can think of a really good slogan, you might find your way into the finals. Now, in the finals, what you're doing is... Myself and Brian Anthony Davis will get a list, which I think, as a last I heard, Dave said he was well over a hundred uh, slogans were entered, and he just put, I'll put this on the screen, his email address in case you want to send it. Um, over a hundred slogans have already been sent to him, so we, myself, and Brian Anthony Davis are going to leaf through all of these and pick out our five favorites. We're going to put them on behindthestealcurtain.com. They will be voted upon. The person with the you get one entry per person the person with the winning entry will win the tickets and see their slogan be put on a t-shirt now there's a little caveat there one of them being that the steelers uh the the company that i use they have to approve the slogan so if there's something that they say is not kosher or whatever for whatever reason then they might not be able to make the t-shirt but also if you do if you put in a slogan then behind the steel curtain then has the Opportunity to utilize that on any t-shirt. So you might not have won. Let's say it was a second place one, and we really liked it. We might turn that into a t-shirt too. Uh, and just so you know that once you enter that, you're giving us the okay, the all clear to do that and not have any type of ramifications for that. So there you have it. Free tickets to the Monday night primetime game at Heinz Field against the Cincinnati Bengals in week four. Make sure you check those out. Make sure you check those out. Okay, question time. Steelers time no more Antonio Brown talk I want to know what you think about the game coming up Um, let me know by firing away your questions in the live chat I'll answer as many as I can for as long as I can and remember if you're using the super chat feature, which you can, you don't have to, wherever you comment right next to this little dollar sign, you click on that dollar sign, you donate any amount of money and we appreciate it, but it will highlight that question or be sure to be answered. This is the time that if you want to donate some money, you do so. And and this is the time always in every show that you wait, because I know the last week after the uh, game, we were in the post game and people were firing away all these live chats. We just didn't have time. We we're trying to get through all the stats and stuff. So here we go. Um, Question from Kevin. Do you agree with Lance that moving on from Ben, if Mason balls out, here's the one sticking point to this. And that is if, let's say, Mason Rudolph gets the Steelers to 10 and 6, 9 and 7, they make the playoffs, he's playing well. I mean, well enough to win that many games. I don't care what they do in the postseason. If they make the playoffs, how in 2020? Do you say, okay, Mason, you did a great job. You battled us back from 0-2, 0-3, whatever the case may be. How How do you go back to Ben Roethlisberger? I understand that he has the history. I understand that he has Hall of Fame credentials. I understand that he's the last remaining player from either of the Super Bowl teams. However, how do you go back to Ben at that time? As a coach, I don't know how you would. Because here you have this young player. You can build the team around. Clearly, he's seen success. It'll be interesting. As they said on the Steelers preview when I asked them, this was Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield, it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, I kind of agree with what Lance said earlier today, and that was maybe, just maybe, Mason Rudolph can play well enough that Ben Roethlisberger says, you know what, I don't need this anymore, and so he retires. Not that I want that to happen, because I am a huge Ben Roethlisberger fans, you can ask Lance. It's the only jersey I own or Ben Roethlisberger jerseys. I've been a fan of his since 2004. Actually, earlier than that, I watched him at Miami of Ohio. Um, I don't know, just one of those things. So that's my answer. Long, long way around. But that's my answer. Rob asks, why is James Washington not starting? I bet he will be starting. On Sunday, uh, he and Deontay Johnson will probably get the nod opposite of Juju Smith Schuster, depending on the uh, the package that they're running at that particular time. But at the same time, they've also told Dante Moncrief that his snaps will be limited. So there you go. Uh, Dallas asked, will Ben's pride make him return, even if he isn't healthy? I mean, everything that you hear is says that he absolutely is going to try to come back. But again, who knows what? Who knows what the off season is going to be like for him? And his off season started now, and he's going to have to rehab. He's going to be thirty eight years old. He has three young kids. Maybe, just maybe, the Steelers quarterback. And I mean, Ben Roethlisberger says, "I've been golfing all the time. We go on vacations. I mean, maybe, maybe I really don't miss it." I'll give you a perfect example. I, I coached. I coached. I was a lacrosse coach. Okay, I coached the head varsity lacrosse coach, men's lacrosse, in the state of Maryland. Very competitive. And I coached for 13 years and I remember stepping down. It was tough. And it's because my wife, we had just had our fourth child. We eventually have a, we have five now. And, um, I remember people asking me and they still do this. say, hey, do you miss coaching? I say, not really. <laughs> it's a little, it was a lot of time. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of time away. And maybe Ben just sees it as that. And so we'll see. That's down the road for sure. Dave reminds everyone for the slogans and the contest. Um, that no profanity in the slogan. Those will obviously not be able to be put on a t-shirt. Um, dry flies says, just be grateful all that Ben did for the team. He'll always be one of the greatest. I am not saying that he's not. I said, I am by far a huge, I am one of the biggest Ben Roethlisberger fans you'll meet. But at the same time, you have to understand that sometimes it's time to, it's, it's time to move on. It's just as Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker says. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. Snowman gives five dollars, puts it in the tip jar. We appreciate that. Snowman, he's a longtime listener of the show. He says, "Are you off cloud nine yet since your boys new starter?" I am excited. I am excited, and I think everyone should be excited. It's the excitement of the unknown. It's the excitement of the unknown. It's it's you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, we know what we we're getting with Ben Roethlisberger. We we know that. Ben Roethlisberger is one of the greatest of all time in terms of the Steelers, but it's it's one of those situations where I, I just think that this, this team and this fan base needs a spark, and maybe they just have it in Mason and Minka. Fingers crossed. Let's hope. Um, Evan says, how long do you think it would take for the talking heads to give the Steelers and Mason Ruff credit, credit if he has success this season? I think it depends on the talking heads that you're referring to, uh, there are certain people that just hate the Steelers for whatever reason, uh, and they'll never give them credit. But at the same time, I think that if, if anyone's going to get credit, and that's like, uh, you know, people ask about Mike Tomlin's future for the team. If Mike Tomlin can get this team to the playoffs with Mason Rudolph, how do you not give the guy credit? I, I, you could be the biggest Mike Tomlin hater out there. How can you criticize him if he's able to take a team without his star quarterback and, and get them to the playoffs with a backup. Keep that in mind. Now, if they fold like a cheap lawn chair and finish 4-12, and 12, that's a different story. But if they are successful, you got to give Mike Tomlin some credit along with Mason Rudolph. Dallas says, what is our weakest position? At this point, it's easy. It's tight end. It's absolutely the tight end position. You go and get Minka Fitzpatrick. Safety is no longer a weakness. Their depth may be a weakness because Cam Kelly is hardly a starter in the NFL. But at the same time, I absolutely think that tight end would be the weakest. Um, Here we go. Benny says, will Edmonds be strong safety? Is Fitzpatrick starting free safety? Yes and yes. Those are their two positions, designated positions. Um, Here, Uh, Alexa says, how come the Steelers' good offensive players always leave?" Well, in the modern free agency era, it is difficult to keep all your players. It's just the way that it is. Those dynasties of the 1970s Steelers don't exist anymore because there's a salary cap and there's free agency and players are going to go where they have the most, you know, the most money available to them and ready, readily available. So it's difficult. People look at the Patriots dynasty. The Patriots have a lot of turnover. They're just able to constantly put them into the right place to succeed. Um, You look back at all the Patriots success they've had since Tom Brady's been the quarterback and you've got, You had Troy Brown. You've got uh, Dion Branch was a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, You had the Randy Moss era. You had the Wes Welker era. It's hardly the same cast of characters that are there. They just are so good at getting these players and getting them acclimated quickly. So that's probably why. I mean, the Steelers try to keep as many good players as they can, and they do a good job with it. But sometimes players do leave. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh right, Ryan says, who will have the most receiving yards and the most rushing yards? I'm assuming you're talking about tomorrow's game in, in San Francisco. I will say the receiving yards. I'm going to give that one to Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they're going to find a way to get him open and get in the ball early as a rushing yards. I'll go with James Conner. I think he has a bounce back game as long as he, as long as he is healthy. Keep that in mind. Cree says, do you think, we will get our running game going. It seems like they have given up on way too early. The first game, I get it. You're down by more than a touchdown in the blink of an eye. And so you have to at most coaches will do the same thing. They're thinking they have to throw it to get back into the game. But week two is a different story. The Steelers led early on in the game and it was tied for the majority of the first half. There's no reason they should have gotten away from the run. Then again. When Ben Roethlisberger's in there, they don't like to run the ball often, so keep that in mind. I expect them to be more committed to the run. I expect them to use more um, offensive personnel groupings to maximize their run game, and so I think that's something to look out for. This upcoming Sunday, Dave says it sounds like Jeff hates Big Ben more than I hate Deontay Johnson. I don't. Well, I'm not. I don't hate Big Ben, guys. I mean, I don't know where. I know he's. Jo- I know he's joking around. I know Dave, uh, but I just don't understand <laughs> where people are saying like that. I hate Big Ben. Ask Lance Williams if I hate Big Ben, and he will be the first to tell you that I do not hate Big Ben. All right, here we go. Jaron asks, "Do you think Keith Butler will be the defensive coordinator at the end of the season? Uh, something really, really bad would have to happen for him not to be." The uh, defensive coordinator at the end of the season, so I'm thinking that he will be. Will he be next year? That's a whole different bag of worms, right there. Uh, Dallas says, "Well, Fitzpatrick, meaning Minka Fitzpatrick, make an impact like Troy Polamalu." <laughs> this is uh, this is actually something my wife asked me the other day when she was saying, "Who's this new guy that the Steelers got?" And I was explaining. I said, "He's very athletic. He's a great safety." And she said, "Do um is he going to be like like Troy?" And I said. <laughs> I said Troy was a generational talent. I mean, th- literally, y- you're not going to find another Troy. Will he be an impact player like Troy? I personally believe that he, he that he can, uh, but I don't want anyone going into a game thinking that Minka Fitzpatrick or Tr- Terrell Edmonds or whomever you're looking at. Um, I just don't understand. Like, you don't don't compare them. Just don't. Just don't. Because honestly, again, Paul Malignaggi was a generational talent. In my opinion, in my life there will never be anything like Troy Polamalu that I've ever seen ever. I was watching some of the highlights just the other day and you forget how freakishly awesome he was. His closing speed on the run game, his ability to read the quarterback to guess and to guess correctly more than he guessed incorrectly, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. All right. So Solomon says, what's your perception of the new receiving core? I'm assuming that you are talking about the fact that Deontay Johnson, James Washington and Juju Smith Schuster are most likely your top three with uh, Switzer and or Moncrief being sprinkled in when necessary, if necessary. And I'm excited. I'm excited for those guys, too. I really am. You know, I mean, I'm excited for Mason Rudolph for obvious reasons. If you listen to the show, you know that I've always been a fan of the the selection that they made during the 2018 draft. But I'm excited to see what these young guys can do. I think that James Washington um, and, and Mason Rudolph have a clear connection, and it would be stupid not to play them. Uh, Deontay Johnson, at least, and I said this after week one, he jumps off the screen. Um he he jumps off the, off the off the screen when you watch him, and he's he's ridiculously slippery off the line of scrimmage. He has a great release. Um, I, I think that they're they're trending in the direction they should go, trending in the direction they should go. Uh oh, Lance Williams shining in says he might have tickets for the game. He might be going. If that's the case, man, enjoy it. Enjoy it. See him while you can. See them while you can. If that's the case, I'll cover the post game, or I'll get someone to join me. Don't worry about that. All right. Let's see here. Let's see what we have else coming on here. Raymond can still think I'm a big Ben hater. That's fine. And so does. <laughs> All right. This is funny. I love this. Um, Do you think this is from Lewis? Do you think the defense is finally on track to get better or is the coaching hopeless? I do think the coaching is pretty hopeless, but at the same time, I do think that this defense <laughs> At this point in time, they have 10 players that were drafted in the top 10 of their respective draft classes. I, th- I think that's just the number. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're in the live chat still. Uh, I just think it's one of those situations where you're like, my gosh, if they can't do it now, they never will. And that's why I think this is the last draw for Keith And It's something that Lance talked about before on his show, that he doesn't have a crutch anymore. And he's got Devin Bush. He's got T.J. Watt. He's got Fink- Minka Fitzpatrick in the back end now. The great pickup so far and Steven Nelson. Joe Hayden at corner. He's got studs along the defensive front. If you can't put it all together now, you never will. So that's what I think about that. Um, this is interesting. Den- uh, Denver says, anyone else looking forward to the renewal of the Rudolph Mayfield rivalry? That's going to be interesting, and this is an article I wrote right after Rudolph was drafted, and I was criticized up and down the behind the steel curtain comment section for writing the article, and the article was that after that draft class where Lamar Jackson went to Baltimore, Baker Mayfield went first overall to Cleveland, and Mason Rudolph went to Pittsburgh, I said, is this the ushering in of the new crop of quarterbacks? in the AFC North. Now, Andy Dalton's still just kind of hanging around, but did the Browns finally find their guy? Joe Flacco's gone, Lamar Jackson's in, and now Ben Roethlisberger's at least gone for this season and Mason Rudolph's in. Is this the new era of AFC North quarterback, and what does that kind of play look like? You know what I mean? Like I've, I've watched the Browns for the majority. I've watched them a good bit in these first two weeks. They still are finding their identity on offense, but at the same time, like is what is this going to look like? Is this AFC North football going to change at all? You know, with the Baltimore Ravens running those crazy, you know, run pass options, RPOs, as they call them, it's going to be really interesting to see how that works and how it looks just across the board. So but that rivalry is going to be a good one. Obviously that's Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. So, um, Lucas. Great question. Haven't seen much out of Cameron Hayward in the first two games. Any worries? I'm not worried because I'm pretty sure that he's getting double teamed a lot. And I think that it's one of those situations where someone else has to get home. Last week in the first half, it was Stephon Tewitt. They were putting attention on Cameron Hayward uh, and Stephon Tewitt was getting home someone else is going to have to continue to step up and maybe with stefan two having a two and a half sack game in week two against the seahawks that equates to hayward getting more one-on-ones which i think that he will obviously win um king asked will feetner randy feetner the offensive coordinator work better with mason or ben I don't know, because no one knows what to expect from these guys. But if you take the second half of last game as the tiniest of sample sizes, you have to think that Fetner and Mason Rudolph will be just fine, that they'll be able to kind of coexist. So I, I think that that's if you're looking at that sample size, and I know it's tiny, it's minute, but still there is a possibility that those two exist well. Creases, do you think they will double Washington because of his connection with Mason? I hope they do. I really hope they do because that means that Juju Smith-Schuster will be getting one-on-one and he'll win that more often than not. The one thing to note is that Richard Sherman typically does not follow receivers and he is on the 49ers, so he typically just stays on his side. And so if you're trying to avoid the Juju-Richard Sherman matchup, keep him on the other side or keep him in the slot. The Steelers have been doing a lot of that so far. Um, it's, It's an interesting situation there that they'll have to look at and try to maximize their matchups from the receiver core to obviously the other. Uh here. Eh, All right. All right. Either I'm not at talking about the Patriots. Someone's asking about the Patriots. Give me a break. It's a Steelers show. Uh, here we go. Dallas says if the Steelers beat the 49ers, will Rudolph get his due respect or overlooked? I think it depends on how they win. You know, if he if he has this dramatic game or dramatic comeback, he'll get plenty of credit. But at the same time, if they run the ball well. If he makes key mistakes and the defense saves the day, they'll say that it's still a work in progress. So it just depends on how it goes down. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to catch up here. I'm a little bit behind. I apologize. Thomas asks of the AFC North quarterbacks, which would you choose to lead your team? For me, I've I, <laughs> Dave Schofield can attest to this. Ever since the Steelers drafted Mason Ruff, I've really liked him. Lamar Jackson scares me because of his as ability to stay healthy. Now he has thrown the ball better so far in 2019, but if he's going to run the ball that much, that RG three factor still scares me. I would be hesitant for there. Baker Mayfield, I've never really bought into. Um, I think he's more hype than he is hope. And uh, you know, the great white hope, but still, I think it's one of those situations where I would still, I, I got to think that he still was Mason Rudolph is my guy. It's always been my guy since they drafted him. So there you go. All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, my gosh. Lance says, "Will you finally put some respect on Cal football by their road win over Ole Miss, get out of here. No one cares about college football. All right. Double H says, do you think we, the Steelers, will jettison both Artie Burns and Gravedigger this year at trade Deadline? If we aren't doing well, both of them are gone anyways. Here's the thing. Um, for me... I look at Sean Davis being injured and see that it, he is gone. He's gone. He's not going to be back. And so because of that, I think that they're going to actually have the opportunity to sign Javon Hargrave. I'm also going to assume that Bud Dupree is probably gone. And this is where it gets tricky because Anthony Chicklow, who's dealing with plantar fasciitis is not playing in a Sunday. Guess who is Ola Denier. If Ola Denier can play well, he could potentially show that Bud Dupree is expendable. This would all then give them more money to go at Hargrave and to keep him there. So keep that in mind here too. So um, I kind of try to find Dave said I missed. Oh, here it is. Isaac gave five bucks in the tip jar. I appreciate it. He said, Jeff, you have 14 chances to get your Mason jersey from me. Best of luck. Isaac, I can't remember what that was. I think, what is it, Dave? If he wins a game? I think, that was that what it was? I'm pretty sure if he wins a game. Uh so yeah, there you go. Nathan asked, already uh, Artie still has a team option. No, Artie, he doesn't or Artie does not, Nathan. He uh the Steelers declined that option. That was before the season started. Therefore, after this season in 2020, he will be an unrestricted free agent. So no, they do not have a team option anymore. The next team option will be obviously with TJ Watt, which they will be picking up. Trust me. Okay. Um Dallas says, who's the scariest team coming up on the schedule? Uh, it's, it's. Oof, I don't know. For me, um, San Francisco, because of where they're playing, kind of scares me a little bit. But at the same time, I think this is a winnable game. Uh, for me, I personally think that the Baltimore Ravens are the scariest game coming up. Uh, and that's just because they've been so dominant in the first two games. Now, I understand that they've essentially played the equivalent of a High school JV team two weeks in a row, but still, they've taken care of business. You do what you're supposed to do against teams that you should beat, and so they've done that. So, I would have to say that the Baltimore, because I think their defense is still pretty good. They do have some missing pieces there, but their offense is dynamic, and so I think it'll be that. That's probably the game that scares me the most. Isaac said, "Yeah, wins a game." Isaac, let's hope that on on tomorrow night, Sunday night, that uh, we're talking about sizes and ordering and addresses that's what i that's what i'm hoping for all right so dylan says colbert's going to be wishing that he didn't give that first to miami uh when they pick fourth overall i i just don't see it happening i just i don't i think this team has too much talent to completely fall flat on their face for an entire season especially when the second half of the schedule gets pretty soft so yeah team people you can be ticked off about the about the the pick, but ultimately we'll see. Um, how many times have we played in San Francisco since 1999? I know we haven't won there since then. I'm trying to think. well there's obviously the game at Candlestick where the lights went out. That was on Monday Night Football. Ben had an ankle injury. I'm trying to think if they've played there since. They 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 would have had to, but I just can't think of it off the top of my head. If anyone else remembers. Shoot it in the live chat. Let us know. I know they had to play it. Last time they played him was at home, though. It was at Heinz Field. So here we go. Um since and the Chargers. Okay. I'll tell you what, guys. This has been a good show so far. And we'll do one more question. Just fired in there. Big H says, how are we going to fix the middle of the defense? I think that the fix is there. It's it's, it's in Devin Bush. He just he just has to learn. He just has to learn. Um, and so it's one of those situations where it's going to take some time. And we've said this since day one. He might play, but that doesn't mean that he's going to you know, play and be this godsend from the moment he steps on the football field. Very, very few rookies at any position do that. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but very few do. So for me, I think the answer is there. And I think that it's, it's just going to take some time. It's just going to take some time so keep that in the back of your mind um here so uh daniel asked any status of how many slogans for ticket entries do you have so far i know that it's been over 100 i know that it's been over 100 that was earlier today now dave is just chiming in with over 120 entries so far that's awesome why wouldn't you think of a cool clever slogan for a t-shirt to get free tickets to a game now just remember you have to be able to go to the game period have to be able to go to the game Don't put in a slogan. If you want to put in a slogan just for fun, you can. Uh, Just make sure you make that clear in the email to Dave. That's important. Okay. Thank you for listening to the show, The Steelers Burning Question. We appreciate it. Next week will be Lance Williams' turn. We switched. He was supposed to be tonight. I was supposed to be next weekend. I'm going to be out of town for a golf tournament next weekend because the Steelers play on Monday night. Therefore, it's all on Lance Williams next week for The Steelers Burning Question. But make sure you check at least me out tomorrow night sunday night after the game for the steelers post game show maybe lance will be with me maybe lance won't either way we will rehash the game that was and then we will have everything broken down for you throughout the week the steelers hangover with tony and brian on monday night the tuesday shows the steelers stacky standard is the standard on wednesday the steelers preview on thursday and then friday is the yeah i said it lance's show if you haven't checked any of these shows out make sure you do. They're all live on YouTube and they're all also on our YouTube channel. So go to youtube.com backslash behind the steel curtain and make sure that you check us out on all our our podcast platforms, which is anywhere where you get your podcast. So all you have to do is say behind the steel curtain search, behind the steel curtain search, Steelers, we're there. If you listen on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and a comment because it helps boost our search ability. So we want to, to get we want to expand the show. We want more people listening. So if you go on, obviously go in and give us a five-star rating. Give us a good review. We really appreciate it. I don't want to end this without Snowman getting his two dollar tip, Red. Will the O-line step up? I think they will. I think this is the game that you might see them just driving the sled, and that is just running all over San Francisco, moving the moving the pile. And that's why I predicted the Steelers will win this game. I think I said the final score was 30 to 28. Steelers win on a Chris Boswell field goal at the end of regulation. There you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed the Steelers burning question. We will see you tomorrow night after the game, hopefully, for the Steelers' first win. Enjoyed, everybody. We'll see you.